Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory in this house. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. It is so good to be in the house of God. Amen. With our brothers and our sisters. Amen. All of our guests and our visitors, we welcome you. Amen. Just make yourself at home and in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And uh, just continue to worship with us and, and uh, seek after God with us. Amen. We want to encourage you to come on Wednesday night for Bible study. Amen. It's an opportunity for you to learn and to grow more in God. And a uh, great chance for that. Amen. How many enjoyed the last several weeks that we've been having of revival services? Amen. I've had several different speakers, and, uh, and it just felt like the right season, the right timing for it. Amen. And if you missed out on Wednesday night, amen. How many enjoy Wednesday night service? Amen. If you missed out on Wednesday night service, I want to encourage you to go back. Amen. Uh, Brother Rodriguez brought a word from God to our church. And uh, you want to go back on our podcast and or, and or Facebook or YouTube or whatever. We basically made it where you can almost accidentally click somewhere and find our link. So, so please go listen to the word that was preached. You don't want to miss it. Amen. It was incredible. Amen. And looking forward to having uh, him come back to the house Lord here. Amen. But if you turn your attention towards the back of the room... We've been meaning to do this for a while, but time just did not permit. I uh, got Brother Diaz back there today. He's going to be helping us with this. Amen. That is our vision giving board. Amen. We took up pledges every year for a 12-month period. Uh, and, and, and there we go. We got our, our apostolic Vanna White. Uh, we'll just call him Van White. Hallelujah. Praise God. And uh, don't want to say the wrong thing in this generation. You might get confused. But, amen, this is our, our building program uh, that we've been in for several years. Amen. And it looks like we're uh, right there at about 315. Amen. But I want to tell us we are at, we have just hit the $330,000 mark. I think we ought to give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. That is a representation of the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of God's people. I think somebody ought to shout in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody ought to take a minute and just give God a shout of praise. Come on, it feels good in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. That, that may not mean a whole lot to some people, but I'll tell you what that means to us. That means our faith is in action. Amen. That we are, uh, we are shouting in the hallway. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to several portions of Scripture. First, we're going to be turning open to Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. For the media team, I'm going to give them to you. Acts 3 and 19 and 2 Peter 3 and 9. Amen. I'll give you a chance to get to Romans 2 and 4. Romans 2 and 4. Or do or, or despisest thou, or do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Don't you know that it is the goodness? Everybody say goodness. That sounds good to me. Everybody say goodness. <laughs> 
It is the goodness of God. Not his fierce wrath. Come on, somebody. Not his judgment. Not his anger. I know some of y'all were raised wrong, but I'm about to raise you right right now. It's not his meanness, not his judgmental nature, amen. I want to tell you, the theologies that people have brought in this house, amen, can be dispelled by this verse right here, not knowing that it is the goodness. Everybody shout goodness. Shout it till you believe it. Goodness. 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 It is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. Somebody ought to smile when I read that verse. Praise God. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. We're going to be skipping uh, back just in one book. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. So remember, what, what brings us to repentance? Goodness. Okay. It's the goodness that brings us to repentance. Acts 3 and 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repent you therefore and be converted. It's goodness that leads me to repentance, but it's repentance that helps me to be converted. And it's that conversion that has my sins blotted out, erased, amen, eradicated, amen. It allows me to enter into the refreshing presence of the Lord. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Amen. We aren't having Sunday school today, so I'm giving everybody a Bible drill. Amen. See who can get there first. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. The Lord is not slack, not lazy. Come on. He's not slack. He's not lazy concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all, everybody say all, that all should come to repentance. God is not slack concerning his promise, but if God is holding back, if God is withholding, Amen. It is because of his goodness. It is because he is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you want to know why Jesus has not returned yet, it's not because he's waiting for the Antichrist to show up. Praise God. It's not that he's waiting for the apocalypse. It's not that he's waiting for wars, rumors of wars. It's not that he's waiting for earthquakes in diverse places. It's not that he's waiting for famine and pestilence. It's not that he's waiting for certain uh, prophecies to be fulfilled. It's because God is long-suffering. He is patient with us. And God does not want anybody to perish, but that all should come to repentance. That sounds like a good God to me. That sounds like a loving God to me. That sounds like a good Savior to me. Hallelujah. I think we ought to lift up our hands, set down our Bibles, lift up our hands, and let's love him all across this building. Hallelujah. Come on. All across this house. 
I believe the love of God has been flowing in this building, amen, all week long. I believe that the goodness of the Lord has been sweeping across this city all week long. Hallelujah. And I'm praying that today would be the day for somebody to turn around. Hallelujah. That today would be an opportunity to change some things. Hallelujah. Because of your patience, because of your long-suffering nature, oh God. Oh, Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're going to blot out some sins today, Jesus. You're going to help us to be converted today, Jesus, because you're a good God, because you're a good God. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, the opportunity to change. Turn to your neighbor as you're seated and tell him you have an opportunity to change, and you may be seated. The message of repentance is a foundational doctrine and message of Christianity. There cannot be a Christianity without repentance. But I fear that some people have got the wrong idea of repentance. They have uh, heard this word. In fact, I read some verses today that said the word repent, and immediately some folks begin to sink back into their chair. Amen. Some begin to shrink back in their spirit. Amen. This idea of repentance, amen, is is a lot deeper than we have given it credit. Amen. We do see that doctrinally speaking that we have sinned. Romans 3 and 23 does bear this out. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means you. That means me. From the pulpit to the pew to the man at the bar, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, lest any of us get lifted up in pride. Uh, even if you were born in church, slept on a pew, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. So uh, what do we do when we recognize the fact that we have, in, we have sinned before God? Re Acts chapter 17 and 30 tells us that at the times of this ignorance, God winked at it. Amen. There was a moment when God just shied away from it, if you will. And it wasn't that God was changing his nature, but it was as if for a moment. Amen. One moment to God is like a blink to us. Amen. He just winked at it. Amen. And, and then when the perfect sacrifice was ready, Jesus Christ on Calvary, the word of God continues, but now, amen, I want to help you here today, there was a time when it was as if God winked or blinked at uh, sin, amen, giving them an opportunity for the perfect sacrifice to come, but now that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, amen, lived a perfect, sinless, spotless life, died for you and I on a cross called Calvary, amen, was buried in a tomb that he borrowed and three days later amen they came to check on the body but it wasn't there he rose again not seeing corruption the bible declares that now that this has happened the word of god declares that he commands all men everywhere to repent 
Amen. I want to help you here today that we are not living in the times in which God winked at. We're not living in the times in which, amen, God blinked at. We are now living in a moment, amen, where God has causing and commanding men everywhere. Well, what about the person that lives in the middle of nowhere? God is commanding men everywhere to repent. Well, what about my neighbor? God is commanding men everywhere to repent. Well, what about me? I've come to church week in and week out. God is commanding men everywhere to repent. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give the Lord a shout of praise. Because repentance is a good thing. Man, God is now commanding men everywhere to repent. The word sin, as it appears in the Bible, comes from the Greek word hamartia, sorry, hamartia, abound, which be, which means to miss the mark or to be flawed. So when we say that we have all sinned, we can say that we have all missed the mark, that we are all flawed. This word was used in archery terms and in spear-throwing terms. When a person missed the center of the target, they erred or they hamartiaed, amen. Uh, it would become a verb at that point, amen. They have erred. They have missed the mark. They have not quite got there, amen. Uh, any any archers in the house, Lord, I don't know whether, amen, Brother Machado's an archer, amen. If you ever taken an aim and you go to shoot towards the target, now, ladies, I'm not talking about the place you shop, amen. I'm talking about where you shoot towards, amen, for my gunslingers in the house, amen. You aim and you're just short, amen, of the target. You have hamartia, you have sinned, you have missed the mark, you have erred, amen. It's like that person, amen, that, uh, that, that, that they're aiming towards that mark and they go a little high they have hamartia they have error they have sin or that person that shoots a little low they have hamartia they have sin they have error or that person that shoots a little to the left or to the right they have hamartia they have sin they have missed the mark i think that sometimes we think of sin amen and we just equate it to somebody's character that they're a bad person and that there's nothing good about them and i want to tell you that you're a you're not necessarily a bad person you're just somebody that missed the mark you're just not a good shot yet Hallelujah. I'm going to help somebody understand, amen, what it really means, amen, to repent here today. But I'm going to help somebody understand, uh, amen, that your sin has caused you, amen, to miss the mark. What is the mark? The high calling that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, amen. The mark is the glory of God. And not one of us can attain to that. Not one of us in our flesh can get there until Jesus died, until Jesus rose again, until Jesus filled it with, with the Holy Ghost. Uh, and now we have the opportunity. That's why God now commands men everywhere to repent because now where we were never able to meet the mark or hit the mark, where we never even had a chance and God had to wink at it, now we have an opportunity to change and now we have an opportunity to hit the target right where it needs to be hit. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise here today. Hallelujah. So you can miss the mark and you can Come a little high, come a little low, come short, left, right. Amen. Let me talk to you about sin for a moment. Sin is not just going to the bar. Hallelujah. Yep, you probably really need to repent of that one today. Amen. Set the bottle down and pick the Bible up. Hallelujah. But let me tell you what sin also is. 
Amen. If we were to say that committed sins or committed acts are to fall short of the glory of God, amen, or to fall short, to aim low, to live below the means in which God created you and I to live, then being self-righteous is to overshoot it. Hallelujah. It is also a sin to sit on a pew or a church, uh, amen, and to think you are better than everybody else. Uh, amen. You have hamartiaed. You have still missed the mark. You are shooting higher than God intended for you to shoot. And, and, and now, in thinking that you have done above and beyond, you think everybody is below you and everybody else is worse than you. And this is nothing more than the Pharisees and the Sadducees that thought it if we just get our sleeves a little longer, we will hit that mark. If we just do X, Y, or Z so people think we're better, that we will hit that mark. But they overshot it, and they too hamartia, and they too erred, and they too missed the mark. I've got to teach this and talk about it uh, because there's people that think repentance is just for the visitor that walked in the building. Uh, there's people that think repentance uh, is just for the drunk and the alcoholic, uh, amen, and the drug dealer and the drug user and the drug pusher, amen, that walks into church. Uh, but I want to tell you that repentance uh, is for the preacher behind the pulpit and repentance is for the person playing the music uh, and repentance uh, is for the saint on the pew uh, and repentance is for the usher in the back and repentance is for the elder and repentance is for the younger and repentance is for the married and repentance is for the single and repentance is for the man and repentance is for the one. I just came to preach about repentance. It's a good thing that you can change. It's a good thing you can turn around. It's a good thing. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give the Lord praise here today. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. Every hand lifted in this house. There's not one person in this house uh, that doesn't need to repent. Everybody needs to repent. Uh, but it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing. Uh, it's not a shameful thing. Uh, it's a good thing. Somebody ought to pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. To miss the mark. Then what is repentance? Repentance comes from a Greek word metanoia. At best translation. I don't speak Greek. So amen. But I do know what it means. The closest literal English meaning of the word. Is to have a change of mind. Everybody say that change of mind. But it would be better said. To think differently. Afterwards. After what? We're going to talk about that in a minute. It could also be translated changing your mind after being with. Being with whom? We'll get to that in a moment. To repent means to be convinced of another way. To change your mind. To change your actions. To change your convictions. 
And in response to being convinced in your mind and in your heart, you start changing those actions. It starts internally, and then it works its way externally. For the person that said, God only cares about my heart, I want to tell you, absolutely. But if you get some metanoia, some repentance in your heart, it won't stay in your heart. It will move its way elsewhere. Or to the person that overshot and thought God only cares about the external. I want to tell you, God said, rend your heart and not your garments. What is that? A change of mind, a change of heart that equals a change in direction. Amen. Repentance means turning away, turning from going your own way. And turning towards God's way. Let me help somebody understand this. Amen. It is not, somebody said repentance is doing a 180. No, it is not. Hallelujah. 180, amen, means if I'm facing this way, I start going this way. But what if you are shooting at a target and you're only a couple inches off? And you turn all the way around, you're going to shoot your neighbor. Repentance is not a 180. Sometimes it's a 179. Sometimes it's a 10-degree turn. Sometimes it's a 20-degree turn. Amen. I want to tell you what repentance really is. It's not just turning away from where you missed it. There's some people say, well, I turned away from that. Amen. What did they do? They turned away from drugs, and they just became an alcoholic. And there's some people that turned away, amen, from drugs and just became a religious nut. Amen. What happened? They just turned from where they missed the mark. But the true story is... You've got to find out where God is and turn from your direction wherever he might be. It might be 270 degrees. I don't know what it's going to take, but all I know is there's got to be a change of mind. There's got to be a change of heart, and there's got to be a change of direction. i got to aim different. i got to think different. i got to believe different. i got to live different. God, where are you? God, where are you? Where's the mark? Where's the mark? How can I hit it? Show me and I'll go. Tell me and I'll do it. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Let me preach to somebody. Amen. It's not enough just to turn around because sometimes turning around will send you in the wrong direction. But sometimes it's just turning and saying, God, I've been going my own way. I've been living my own way. But today I'm going to repent. Today I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I've been looking at everybody else to try to figure out what direction I should go. I've been looking at my family to figure out what direction I should go. And I keep missing it. I keep missing it. I keep missing it but today I'm gonna look at Jesus today I'm gonna look at Jesus today I'm gonna have an encounter with Jesus and when I have an encounter with Jesus I will think differently afterwards and when I when once I've been with Jesus people won't see me like they used to I won't live the way I used to I won't talk the way I used to oh somebody ought to give God praise Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on. Come on, it's a good thing to repent. It's a good thing to change. It's a good thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell you there's some people that want to repent.
but they, they can't truly repent until they've had an encounter with God. Until you have had an encounter with God, you won't know where to turn to. Amen. Metanoia only happens after you've been with Jesus. Amen. Because the Bible says God's the one that grants a place of repentance. Hallelujah. I, I want to be with Jesus. And I want to tell you, there's people that if you look through the Bible, amen, that, that they might have showed up in any sort of condition, a typology of how we are in our sinful nature. Some were blind. Some were deaf. Some were mute. Some were lame. Some were lepers. They were untouchable. Amen. Some had fountains of blood that could not be dried up. They had, amen, anemia. They had sicknesses. Uh, amen. There were some that were contagious and others that weren't. Uh, amen. But no matter which one of them happened, uh, amen, I want to tell you, met Noah happened uh, in their body. Something began to change uh, after they had been with Jesus. Uh, they might have been deaf before they came to Jesus. Uh, but when repentance happens, uh, deafness spiritually leaves. Uh, and then when you come to Jesus, you might have been spiritually blind. Uh, but after Jesus gets a hold of you, uh, amen, and lays his hands on your spiritual eyes, you'll come away seeing. Uh, amen. How do we believe that uh, when it comes to the natural? And yet we don't believe that it happens when it comes to the supernatural and the internal that you can walk in on the brink of divorce but God can change your mind and change your heart you can walk in amen spiritually handicapped in certain areas of your life because of the way you were raised amen you can blame it on what's going on up here all of the mess you had to endure but just one trip to this altar and just one moment of being with Jesus and he can change your perspective he can turn you the right direction and say son go that way daughter go that way get up from this altar and live this way live that way oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Do I have any folks that came to the altar and repented and God turned your life the right direction? Is there anybody that God picked you up and turned you in the way that you should go and set you on your way and you never went back to the way you were? That's repentance, honey. That's repentance. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise all across this house. Amen, I know I'm preaching uphill today because repentance is not easy. Amen. Repentance is not always an easy message, amen, to tell people because we like the way we are or we think that our way is the right way. We have become convinced in our own mind and in our own heart that this is just the way it is. Hallelujah. This is why Jonah went to Nineveh reluctantly and preached repentance because he was certain that when he told people that they needed to change, they would string him up and hang him and kill him. Amen. Because they liked the way they were living. Amen. But I want to tell you, when the goodness of God shows up that leads people to repentance, the entire city said, you know what, Jonah? We don't even like you, but we sure like your God. Amen. They said, you know what, Jonah? We're going to turn our face. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. Amen. We're going to ask God to help us to turn around. Amen. When they felt, amen, he might have preached it the wrong way. He might have talked about it from a negative aspect. He might have come with the wrong spirit. But that message of repentance, amen, came by way of the goodness of God. And when the goodness of God said, turn around so you don't die. Turn around so you won't be destroyed. 
destroyed. Somebody heard that message differently than Jonah heard it. And they said, this is good news. I can change. This is good news. I can get better. This is good news. I can get up from this. This is good news. Hallelujah. John the Baptist preached repentance. And all the city came out because it came by way of the goodness of God. Repentance is revival, church. Amen. I want to tell you where revival starts. It starts with repentance. It don't start with the city repenting. It starts with you and I repenting. I'm not just talking about, amen, all the things we committed and did wrong, but maybe it's I didn't pray this week. I didn't do certain things that I know are right, and we begin to repent what's happening. We start changing our mind and changing our direction. I overshot that one. I undershot that one. I was a little left, a little right. We start turning back towards God. God. Amen, church. When we turn back towards God, the entire city's going to follow us because the goodness of God will fill this place. People want to be where the goodness of God is. People want to experience the goodness of God. People want to be filled with the goodness of God. And it comes by way of repentance. And when people repent, it's because the goodness of God was leading them. If you come to the altar, it's because the goodness of God took you by the hand and said, I got more for you. I got better for you. If God starts turning things around in your heart, it's the goodness of the Lord. The self-help programs of our community and of our world, amen, they charge about $10 billion a year to help you to be a better mother or father or husband or wife or employee or boss, amen, to help you to be a better leader. I think all of that's good and in order. But $10 billion is a pretty high paycheck to get better. Hallelujah. When you can come to the altar and you can get better, and it didn't cost you nothing, but it cost him everything. Because somebody already paid the price. Somebody already paid the price to give you the opportunity to change. And said, by my love, by my mercy, by my goodness, I'm going to lead you to this altar. By my love, by my goodness, by my mercy, I'm going to start turning some things in your mind to get you to think about things from my perspective the right way. I'm going to lead you by my goodness and by my mercy to a place of Repentance. Somebody ought to lift up your hands. Come on. Come on. You can, you can change today. You really can change today. Come on. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I got a lot of things we could say, but I feel Jesus moving right now. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Turn my life the way it needs to go. Hallelujah. Help me to change. God, lead me to a place of change. Thank you for leading me to the church where I can grow. Thank you for leading my family to a place where we can change, where we can get better, where we can expand. Amen. Our mindset, where we can enlarge our territory in our hearts and in our minds, where we can grow as people and we can grow both, amen, temporally and we can grow eternally. Hallelujah. John the Baptist preached repentance. The whole city came out. Jesus re, uh, preached repentance. Amen. And, and they didn't stop coming. Amen. You know who stopped coming when Jesus preached repentance? 
the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious folk. And Jesus said in Luke 5 and 32, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen. In other words, he knew that the righteous that called themselves righteous really were sinners. They missed the mark by overshooting it. But he said, I came to call those that have an understanding. I missed it. I know I missed it. But if God will help me, I won't miss it again. Amen. I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. But by the help of God, I won't mess up no more. Amen. That if I can get God to help me aim right, if I can get God to help me pull that bow back right, amen, my family's going to get better. My marriage is going to get better. My church is going to get better. My walk with God is going to get better. My prayer life's going to get better. I'm going to be a better worshiper than I was when I first started out. I'm going to be a better servant of Jesus than I was when I first started out. Amen. Come on. He came to call those that recognize they missed it. Jesus had commanded to his disciples in Luke 24 and 47 that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Church, I thank God for the day a preacher told me to repent. I wasn't sad about it. I wasn't upset about it. I didn't gnash on him with my teeth like some people in the Bible. I was thankful because he said the way you are and the way you've been does not always have to be that way. You can change. I hope somebody thinks about repentance differently. Repentance ain't no, you're a slug of a sinner. You're no good. That's not repentance. Repentance is you can change with the help of God. You can get better with the help of God. Repentance is the opportunity to change. He didn't want this message to just be preached at Jerusalem. All right? Just the Jews get an opportunity to change. But you wicked, carnal Gentiles that are pagans and doing all sorts of evil things in your temple, you don't have a chance to change. No, 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 only those with a pure bloodline, those, uh, amen, that were raised under a temple pew, uh, you have the opportunity to repent. No, he said, I want them to have the opportunity, but I also want the person uh, that's been halfway in church, uh, halfway out of church, the Samaritan. I also want the person that never stepped foot in church, uh, all nations, uh, amen, it doesn't matter what color they are, they can repent. doesn't matter their ethnicity or their nationality, they can repent. doesn't matter if they're old or they're young, male or female, they can repent. They can change. They can get better. They can grow. Jesus even put it this way. Let me help you understand how important repentance is. There's a reason it comes wrapped in goodness. Because Jesus understands that he said this, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Listen, if you and I don't repent, we will not change. You can read the books. You can go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, you can. And for the rest of your life, you tell the whole group, I am an alcoholic. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will tell the group for the rest of your life, nothing's changing me. I've just, I've just done a couple things different, and I still have this addiction in my heart. And I, I, still have, I, I really do believe, you might call me crazy, but I really do believe because I've experienced it myself uh, that you can come to an altar, and all of a sudden something alters in your mind. 
where you can come to an altar. I have experienced it myself. Uh, I have seen others. I have brought other people to the altar, and they have experienced this metanoia, this changing of mind. They walked in uh, with cigarettes in their pocket, but they left with the cigarettes on the altar, and they never went back. They didn't need Nicorette. They didn't need a patch. They didn't need gum. Uh, come on, they didn't need a counselor. I have brought people to Jesus uh, that they had alcohol in their car, and they, they took the altar, and they, they took it to the altar, Amen. They dumped it down the drain. I want to preach to somebody. You really can come to a place of repentance at this altar and change. I have brought people to the altar that were sick in their body, and God started working on their soul. And and God not only fixed what's in their soul, God started changing their body too. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your voice. I have seen people come to the altar, marriage in trouble. Amen. Kids are messed up and a wreck. And I've seen them come to the altar. Amen. They came with these ideologies in their mind of what they think should be and what they think is right. But I've seen them come to the altar, not even talking one to another. But they go to the altar and God starts changing some things in their mind. They start repenting. And before it's all said and done, amen, they started going to church holding hands. Amen. I want to tell you that this thing really does work. And it's... This ain't a self-help program. This isn't a book. This isn't a patch. This is repentance. And it comes in the goodness of the Lord. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. You might think I'm crazy. But I am crazy enough to believe that if you repent, things really will get different. Things really will change. Things really will get better. That if you'll repent and say, God, change my mind, change my heart, change the way I've been thinking, change the way I've been feeling. God, would you help me today? God, I missed the mark here, and I, I keep turning this way, and I keep turning that way. But God, would you help me to turn towards you? Amen, the lifter of my head. God, would you help me to turn towards you, the rock that is higher than I? God, would you help me to turn towards you? Amen, the one that redeems and pulls me up out of the miry clay. Repentance is something that is not optional. Not only will you not change without repentance, you will perish without repentance. Listen, you don't just repent over sin, things done wrong or things that you didn't do right. Amen, sometimes repentance looks like laying down weights that hold you down. And hold you back. Sometimes repentance looks like God help me to lay down my own ideologies. My own opinions. Come on somebody. Sometimes repentance is saying God I've had a, I had an idea how things should be. And God comes by and starts whispering in your spirit. If you really want things to get better you better turn around son. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You can come to the altar and God starts speaking to you about your job and how you've been acting at your job. And all of a sudden you think, well, that doesn't have nothing to do with church. It has everything to do with your life. And God's saying, if this don't work, you're going to get fired. You better change some things. And the Holy, I really do believe the Holy Ghost cares about more than just your eternity. I believe God does care about your marriage. I do believe God does care about your finances. I do believe God does care about your work ethic. I do believe God will speak to you on all sorts of levels. He will talk to you about your children. Amen. He will wake you up and tell him, pray about this and pray about that. Amen. Counsel him on this. Counsel him on that. Amen. God really will start talking to you about, uh, amen, inviting somebody to church and you haven't done it. And God says, uh, turn this direction uh, and go and start inviting them. and Go back to start inviting people to Jesus. And I want to tell you that God really will change you uh, in every metric of your life. 
Call me crazy. But I really do believe that God's speaking to somebody right now. And it might be obscure. It might be abstract. Amen. Something that you didn't even know God talks to you about. But God is speaking to you. He's giving you an opportunity to turn. He's giving you an opportunity to change. Because if not, let me help you. Stubborn people don't stay married very long. I don't know why I'm on this. Please help me. It's not in my notes. I'm just staring down at the pulpit. I, stubborn people don't stay married very long. They butt heads because they think their way is the only way. And they just keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. But if you can come to the altar and let God speak to you, amen, it might be that you're, you're not too far off. But if you just start making a little adjustment here and a little adjustment there, not 180 degrees, maybe it's one degree, two degree, three degree, and all of a sudden you start turning out, amen, getting in alignment with God, you'll start finding that, amen, hell on earth becomes heaven on earth. Amen, you wonder what's going on with my kids and what's going on with my family. Maybe it's my ministry. What's going on? What do I got to do? And God will start speaking to you about different degrees. You need to turn some things. Amen. It might be you need to turn the degree up because you've been too cold in your spirit. And God starts telling you turn up the thermostat in your soul. Amen. I don't know what it is. All I do know is that God will speak to you and it comes wrapped in goodness because he's given you the opportunity to change. <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel Jesus in this house. I got a lot more we can say. Let's stand across this building. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. It's goodness that leads us to a place of change. It's goodness that leads us to a place of growing. It's goodness that leads us to a place of our mind shifting and our heart shifting. It's the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray all across this house. Come on, let's pray. Come on, church. This is revival right now. This is revival right now. We're getting an opportunity. God, while I've been preaching, God started speaking to your heart. Amen. Telling you certain things that maybe he's not coming out all out rebuking you. Know, you know what you feel right now? You feel the goodness of God saying you can do better. Uh, amen. I believe in you. You can grow. Uh, you can move forward. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you don't need all that in your life. Just set that stuff down uh, because it's holding you back from the purpose I have for you. Come on. Somebody, the goodness of God is leading you to repentance. Repentance is the first step of salvation. It is your response to the voice of God when he speaks to you. Now when they heard this, they were pricked. They were convicted in their heart. And they said to Peter the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? I don't know exactly where God pricked each of them in their heart. But each of them had something God pricked them and convicted in their heart about. One might have been convicted about lying. One might have been convicted about being ultra-religious and tearing down other people and thinking it was okay. One might have been convicted even about the fact that they hadn't talked to God in a long time, but they have been going around saying they were a Jew. I don't know. All I know is each one of them was convicted in their heart. <laughs> they saw that somewhere they missed it. You mean we crucified our Savior? We killed our only hope.
We've been waiting for Messiah, and you're telling us we miss Messiah. You're telling us we've been shooting at this target for four hundred for, for, for thousands of years, and we missed it? I thought our aim would be better. We can quote you the first five books of the Bible. What do we got to do? Is there any hope now? And I don't believe that Peter stood up and snarled at them. You filthy, rotten sinner. No. I don't believe that Peter got up and said, you guys are worthless and no good. You missed it, and there's no hope for you. Nope. Now, maybe you heard repentance that way, but that's not how I feel it. I have no doubt Peter said, boys, everybody in the crowd, listen up. Just about 50 days ago, I denied I even knew Jesus. And today they put the mic in my hand. They let me preach the sermon when I shouldn't be even allowed to sit on the pew. They let me preach the conference, but I, I shouldn't even be able to sit in the back row. I got good news. You can repent. I got good news. You can repent. I got good news. I know maybe you haven't felt like it's good news all your life, but I've got good news. This preacher came to preach to you. It's, it's good news. You can repent. I, I got good news. You can change. I got good news. You can get better. This is where revival starts. You wonder why the Bible says that 3,000 gladly received his word? Listen, you tell people they ain't no good, they'll never be no good. That's not good news. That's bad news part two. But the gospel's good news. Well, preacher, you don't know what we walked in with. I got good news for you. It can get better. Well, you don't know the mistakes that I've made. I got good news for you. You can get better and never make those mistakes again. Well, preacher, I repented last week. I got good news. You can repent again today. I feel the goodness of Jesus in this house. How about you? I feel the love of God in this house. How about you? There's goodness flowing. There's goodness flowing. There's goodness flowing. It's an opportunity to change. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that says you can't change. Last I checked, Jesus is still turning dirty, filthy, hand-washing water into wine. Well, I don't know about that. Don't let the tie fool you. If you'd have seen us when God found us, if we played it on the screen, all the things you've done wrong and all the things you did not do right. Come on. What happened between this person on the screen and the one preaching to you today? 
I'll tell you what happened. I came to a place of repentance. I went to an altar and said, God, I missed it. God, I missed it. And the goodness of God said, yes, son, I know you missed it, but you don't have to always miss it. I know you messed up, but that doesn't mean you're a mess up. I can redeem you. I can forgive you. And I will change you. Let's lift up our hands. Let's pray. I'm done preaching. Come on. Come on. Come on, for those that feel like God will never love you because your faults and your failures. Oh, for those that feel like they're on the final straw with God. Oh, for those that have made some mistakes and those that have sinned before God. Amen. There's a second chance. There's a third chance. There's a fourth chance. There's a 5,000th chance. There's a millionth chance. You can change. I want to open up this altar. Would you come in the, in the goodness of the Lord? Would you let the goodness of God take you by the hand and lead you down to the front where you can say, God, amen, I know you've been speaking to my heart. I know you've been talking to my mind. Would you help me to have a shifting of my mind and a shifting in my heart? God, I want things to grow. I want things to get better. Would you help me to repent right now? Come on. Come on. Come on. You can you can change. You can change. You can change. You can change. Well, my dad said I'll be this way forever. No, you can change. Well, my, my mom said this about me. No, you can change. Well, my mistakes have been telling me. No, you can change. Well, my own heart's been telling me I'll never grow. You can change. The devil's been telling me in my ear. No, you can change. That's it. They're coming. Come on, empty out your seat. Right now is a good time. Right now is a good time. Right now is a good time to repent. Right now is a good time to turn around. Right now is a good time to change. His goodness is pulling you right now. Come on, His goodness is pulling you right now. You are good. Your mercy is forever. You are good. You are good. You are good. Your mercy is forever. Kindness leads me to repentance. Your goodness draws me to your side. Your mercy calls me to be like you. And your favor is my delight.
Come on. Come on. You can change right now on this altar. You can lay it down on this altar and never go back to it again.